Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are so good to us, that your word is so rich and your Holy Spirit is fresh every moment, that you want to, that you are the good shepherd who speaks and wants us to hear your voice and to follow. So Lord, help us to hear your voice and follow today. Through Christ I pray, amen. You know, there's so much conflict in the world today, so much uh, fighting and division. I hesitate to bring up one more thing, but I just saw, I just read something a few moments ago that I know is going to cause great controversy and more conflict in our day. I can imagine that there will be family members that don't want to have meals together. They won't be together over holidays, friends that may never speak together once they start discussing this latest news. It was an article in Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, It lists the 100 greatest country albums of all time. Now, if you know anything about country music, you know there are just some... Some, uh, some, some golden uh, performers that you would expect to be at the top. But who's the number one singer with the greatest album of all time? Dolly Parton. Ahead of Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Ray Charles, Merle Haggard. Ahead of Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash is number 11. Dolly Parton is number one. Okay, now I know as soon as most of you start talking about this, it will cause great conflict in your families, among your friendships. So I think it's important for us to talk about how do we deal, what's the biblical way of responding to conflicts? I want to do something a little bit unique today in that um, we're preparing a series of messages this fall. On, on friendships, Bible friendships, and what we can learn from them. And one of the friendships that we're going to talk about is between Paul and Barnabas and and how they dealt with conflict. Um, that's going to be, I think, October 23rd or something like that. I want to share a little bit of that story today. And I'm partially wondering who will remember in the end of October that we talked about it today. So you can let me know. Hey, I remember uh, you, you shared that devotion in August or September, beginning of September. Anyway, so the story of Paul and Barnabas is um, that when Paul first came to Christ, the Christians didn't want to accept him because he had been a killer of Christians. He had been a persecutor of the church. And so while many were skeptical of his conversion, good old Barnabas, who nobody actually, nobody, very few people actually remember his name. Barnabas's real name is... Joseph. However, he's called Barnabas because Barnabas is his, uh, he, he is the epitome of son of encouragement. He's such an encourager. And so he comes, comes along with Paul when nobody else will and befriends him. About 10 years later, we discover that Paul is in, is back home in Tarsus, not doing ministry that we are aware of on the sidelines. And Barnabas takes up a ministry in Antioch, which will become one of the leading churches of the first century. And he says, I need Paul to be my associate, my associate minister. So he makes the journey all the way up to Tarsus, Tarsus in, um, uh, in modern-day Turkey, gets Paul, brings him back, and so uh, befriends Paul, mentors Paul, ministers with Paul. And so he and Paul decide at one point, let's make a journey where we plant churches in what today we would call Turkey. 
Um, Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. Let's, let's be sent by our church here in Antioch, kind of like New Life, saying we're going to send some people to start churches. And, uh, and we'll go start churches. And so they went on this first missionary journey, what they called missionary journey. And along with them, the first time was Barnabas's cousin, John Mark. We don't know why John Mark bailed on them, but somewhere around the mountainous area of Galatia, he bails. And so now um, Paul and Barnabas have made that trip. They've come back to Jerusalem. Maybe a year has passed, maybe, le- maybe, maybe less time. And, and Barnabas and Paul decide, let's go revisit those churches that we've started. And in Acts chapter 15, verse 26, it says, After some time had passed, Paul says to Barnabas, Let's go and visit the brothers and sisters in every town where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take along John, who's called Mark. Barnabas the encourager, Barnabas the believer. When nobody else believes in somebody, he'll believe in somebody. Barnabas just has a real heart of compassion to give somebody another chance. Verse 38, but Paul insisted that they should not take along this man who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone on with the work, with them, to the work. That's such a sharp disagreement that they parted company and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed off to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed after being commended by the brothers and sisters to the grace of our Lord. And that's actually the last that we hear about Barnabas in the, uh, in the book of Acts. Paul and Barnabas have such a sharp disagreement. Here are two godly men, two mature men who are trying to figure out God's will, and they're in conflict. It's not hard to imagine the converging principles that they're sharing. No, absolutely Dolly Parton isn't the number one, shouldn't have the number one album on the you know, of all time. That's ridiculous. I mean, who cares about Dolly Parton that much? Yeah, it became principled. And, um, and so they parted ways. You know, conflict is to be expected even among mature Christian believers. So in the message that I share in a month or so, we're going to talk about a number of dynamics. But one of the things that I want to talk about, I'm not sure how much time I'll have in the message, is conflicts can be resolved if we are wise and biblical. We have to be motivated. Uh, Romans 12, 18, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. There are some people that don't care if they live at peace. Well, I don't care. They're going to be angry at me, you know. I'm right, they're wrong, I don't want to listen to them. It, it takes energy to resolve conflict. So if you, uh, if you are, um, are, are following the Lord, he wants us to come to peace, if at all possible. Let me give you some steps. First of all, 
examine yourself. Think about some conflicts that you may be in right now, some conflicts that you may be facing. The first thing I would do is encourage you to look in the mirror. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye and don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? First, take the beam of wood out of your eye, and then you will be able to see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. Jesus says, before we judge others, we need to first scrutinize ourselves. Because the reality is, I'm 57 years old. I just feel like I'm one big blind spot. As I look back on 50 years of my life, 57 years of my life, I just can see. Now I can see a lot of the things that I couldn't see then. And, and it's just like, okay, Lord, help me to be honest and examine myself. If you are in conflict with somebody, I can, it is pretty much certain that all the fault is not on one side. Now, it may be 50-50, it may be 5% you and, 50, and, and, and 95% somebody else. But it's important if we're going to be like Christ, seeking peace, to first examine ourselves. Because usually it's not, you know, that we are 95% right and they're only, and they're, and they're, um, and they're 95% wrong. Human nature tends to minimizes our own sins, tends to magnify others' failures. So be humble. Humble yourself before the Lord, the Bible tells us, and he will lift you up. See, when you go into conflict, first of all, take a position of humility. God, what do I need to learn? God, help me to see what I need to see. Help me to learn so I can become more like Christ. And if you will listen to what the Bible says and listen to how the Holy Spirit is leading, as you listen to this other person, you'll come with a humble attitude that, 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 um, that helps produce peace. Second, I would encourage you, when conflict is serious at all, you must run toward conflict, not away. Now, there's conflict that's cold. There's conflict that's cancer. If a conflict is cold, you can let it take care of itself. But if it's cancer, if you ignore it, it just gets worse. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, Jesus said, If your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. Notice it does not say, if your brother sins against you, uh, go tell your buddy in Bible study, go ask for the prayer team to, you know, uh, you know, go share your problems with the, with some person that you're going to say, Hey, pray for me. No, don't triangle, stay at all triangles, go directly to that person. Now, Rick Warren has said that there are five ways that people tend to deal with, with conflict. Most of them are inadequate. The first way he says is no way. This is Pain avoidance. I don't want to deal with problem. Some people just withdraw when they need to share, when they need to speak the truth in love. The second is my way. So it's no way, then it's my way. This concern is not for godliness and morality. The agenda here is not relationship. The agenda here is I want to get what I want. I have been offended. I am angry. I am hurt. And I am going to Make things right. You know, I'm going to get my way. And the only way for me to win 
is for that person to lose and for me to win. The only, or else, let me say it in a more um, uh, uh, socially acceptable way. Um, I, I am going to show that person how they are wrong, and I need to be understood. That's my agenda. If I could just be understood, we'll fix this. If this person doesn't understand me, I can't be at peace with them. My way. The third way is called your way. This is the martyr. This is the person who, no matter what happens, they just immediately say, it's all my faults. You know, I'm wrong. Somebody said that this kind of person should get a my fault insurance plan. They, this is again, avoiding confrontation, avoiding um, deepening the relationship because all they do is just say, I'm, I'm just going to take all the fault myself. I'm not going to dare to have a difficult conversation. Another approach is halfway. This is a very popular approach. People say, okay, um, we got a problem here. Let's compromise. And the problem with compromise is that often compromise is, is about two people trying to find a middle ground of, for mutual happiness. The problem with that is it's not principled. The problem with mere, mere compromise, even though it sounds appealing, halfway between um, wrong and wrong is still wrong. You know, if neither person accepts what they have done as wrong... If there's not a unity on trying to find the right way forward, then you're being unified on how can two people agree and your foundation is not Christ. The result of that obvious or often is that no, there's no acknowledgement of right and wrong. There's no genuine repentance where repentance needs to be offered. Oh, I know I shouldn't have murdered that person, but... I'll do better next time. You know, how do you compromise on some things? So um, the final approach is what Rick Warren calls our way, God's way. More than looking for a compromise between two people, we are looking for God's best. We're trying to think biblically and we're trying to say, okay, what is the biblical way for what are the biblical principles here that we can agree on that we need to be united on see of course this doesn't necessarily work as easy if you're not working with if you're not talking to a christian but let's just talk about dealing with christians we know the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me lie down in green pasture he leads me beside quiet watch he leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake if we're Christians, we don't say, hey, let's compromise between the two of us. We ought to be saying, the Lord is our shepherd who wants to lead us down a path of righteousness. What is the right path that God would have us unified on as we move forward? Now, that means several things. First of all, that means the humility to come in and to listen and genuinely listen to the person that you're in conflict with. Genuinely listen with the assumption that you are not completely right. There's something here you need to learn. There are blind spots 
that you have not seen. There's responsibility that you need to accept. And then you listen and it helps if you can reflect to that person. Okay, this is what I heard you say. Is that correct? Sometimes I'll write it down. And I'll say, now, this is what I heard you say. Is that what you want me to, is that, is that correct? And inevitably people say, well, yeah, and, you know, and then it gives a chance to clarify. That can be so helpful. So we, def- we, we first of all want to go in to learn. And then we're able to s- say, now, this is my perspective. These are my concerns. These are the, these are the biblical principles that, um, that, that I am thinking about in this situation. This means going through what Scott Peck called the tunnel of chaos. It's a, a tunnel of chaos because it's dark. You, when you go in there, you're not quite sure how you're going to come out. You may come out, ideally, with greater depth of relationship. You may come out on the other side with a level of intimacy and trust because you have listened and been humble and you've understood and they've understood you, a level of trust you didn't have before. But it's a tunnel of chaos because in the middle of it, it can be dangerous. It can feel dangerous. Um, Thoughts are honest. Emotions can be raw. Um, you know, so, so, um, uh, but it is essential for us to find the truth path to intimacy and to unity. It's kind of sad to me with Paul and Barnabas that they got in the middle of that tunnel of chaos and they weren't able to find a resolution that brought them together But you'll notice they both found a godly solution to move forward. They didn't both say, well, if that's how you're going to be, you know, if that's what a Christian is, or I'm not going to, or if we can't do it together, I guess I'm not going to do mission work anymore. No. Paul and Barnabas just said, you know, maybe the best thing for us is to continue the mission work. And you go one way and I'll go another way. And and the work will continue. In In fact, it'll increase. And so they found God's way having been honest about their concerns and differences and move forward in peace. You never read anything of Paul speaking badly about Barnabas or Barnabas badly about Paul. In fact, later on, Paul praises John Mark for being useful for ministry. So listen, accept your responsibility, be able to speak the truth in love, to go through the tunnel of chaos, but be careful with your words. Proverbs 29 verse 20 says, do you see someone who speaks too soon? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Have you ever been in a conflict where you spoke too soon, where your thoughts led, where your words led your thoughts? If you are an extrovert at all, you have. I have, and I've, I cannot, again, there's there I I can just, I feel the de- the regret inside of me for the number of times it's just like oh that was so st- why did I say that why did I so I just so so slow it down be careful with your words and remember the golden rule um you know the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do to you somebody said there's a corollary 
for conflict with the golden rule. What you do to others, they will likely do to you. Blame others, they'll blame you. Listen to others, they will more likely listen to you. Admit your faults, you may be surprised how often others accept their responsibility too. 1 Corinthians 13.5 says, Love does not always demand its own way. Conflict is dangerous, but it can be resolved by people of godly character, by people who want to live at peace. I hope this will be helpful for you today. Heavenly Father, we live in a world filled with conflict where we can make so many mistakes. And, but I thank you that you're the God who, when Satan wants to do evil, you want to use it for good. And conflict is one of those moments of great danger and great opportunity. And Lord, I pray that you would take our conflicts and use them where Satan would use them to divide us. Would you use them to deepen us in our relationships, to deepen our love, to deepen our commitment to family, to deepen our ability to walk with people and not just people who always agree with us on everything, but in fact, people who are different and have different opinions and thoughts and tastes that we might really love as you have loved us. Through Christ we pray. Amen. If you found this helpful, I hope you'll share it with somebody else. Um, if not, write me a nasty note um, or not. Hope you have a good day.